Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Steelers are 9-0, and it's more than reasonable to suggest that they'll be 10-0 after this coming weekend in Jacksonville against the 1-8 Jaguars. So, you know, when is it that we can start talking about, you know, good morning. Good Thursday morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. It's not unthinkable. It's also not rational, but it's not unthinkable that the Steelers could wind up with a perfect regular season. And if that makes you cringe or feel like you should look around for the nearest block of wood to knock on, go nuts. I'm not a big believer in jinxes, and I'm not the one that has to worry about being overconfident going into Jacksonville. The Steelers are. I can say whatever it is that I want, right? So, you know, <laughs> let's talk about it. 16 and 0. 16 and 0. You know, if you look at the rest of the schedule, you can circle a couple of potential losses. You can circle their tougher games. You can circle the obligatory uh, super mega ultra letdown game. But I would argue the Steelers have already had those. I would argue they've already had the classic play-down-to-your-opponent games. One for sure against the Cowboys, and they still ended up winning it. I'd further argue that the deeper we go into this process, whether it's Week 10, whether it's getting by Baltimore in Week 11 and sweeping the toughest team in your division, and now you're 11-0. And then after that, it's Washington, which is currently 2-7. and seven. This is what I'm getting at. Now, if you look over the final four games, three of those are on the road. And the one game at home is tough. It's at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, the Colts here in Pittsburgh. Colts have been really good, by the way, lately. And then at Cleveland, the annual game where the Browns fire everybody afterward. Bills and Colts are both pretty good. Those are losable games, if you will. I guess you could argue that the Bengals and or Browns could have their day, too. It's always tough to sweep anybody in the division, even the two Ohio teams. But, you know, there's a path there. There is. The question, I think, that starts to come into play here is how much Will the Steelers themselves be affected by it? How much will they think about it? 
how much will the head coach be thinking about it? Process that as you get closer to the end of the regular season. And it's very clear, crystal clear, maybe even clinched that the Steelers have taken their division, have taken the top spot in the conference, have number one seed, have nothing else to play for. Let's say you're 15-0 and and you're going to Cleveland. Are you playing anybody up there? Are you going for 16-0? and Are you going for history? You sit, Ben? Of course you sit, Ben. But will people grouse about it? Oh, yeah. Will the players be thinking about it? It'll at least be a distraction. It'll at least be something that keeps the eye off the prize. And that's a heck of a thing. What a storyline, right? You talk about, you know, going back to our preseason predictions, whether it's yours or mine or people anywhere, uh, in media, fans, nobody was looking at something like this. I think uh, my prediction was probably a little more optimistic than most. I had them at either, and I get wishy-washy about stuff like this, either 11-5 and five or 12-4, and four, depending on health and how things went. But now, if they go 12 and 4, if they finish 12 and 4, that's a disastrous finish to the season. You know? I mean, they'd have to go 3 and 4 the rest of the way. It's all crazy. Ben Roethlisberger was asked yesterday before practice his thoughts on this on on being undefeated and whether or not it might be something that they think about personally it's we're not trying to you know the, the goal isn't to go undefeated right the goal is to win a super bowl um and and so we're just going one week at a time we're not worried about anything other than than this week um you know you, you look at past history of this game and it, it hasn't been pretty for us you know it, it, we have yet to play a really good game against these guys and so um you know i'm, I'm hungry to come out and get this game now he's referring at the end of course to the steelers really down history with the Jaguars. I strongly suspect that's not going to intersect with the meeting they're having this weekend. Jacksonville is just starting so many rookies, and they're still playing hard. They're still trying hard, but this isn't a team that should be remotely competitive on either side of the football with the Steelers. But but he's he's thinking in the right direction. He's thinking the right way. He's thinking none of this discussion matters if we don't take care of business in Jacksonville. Good for him. But it's going to become a bigger issue. To date, for reasons I'm not fully sure I understand, the Steelers being 9-0 and undefeated has not become some banner headline national story. It just hasn't. Uh, maybe that's because the Steelers aren't filled with a whole lot of Splash. Maybe that's because they haven't been blowing teams out to the point where you think to yourself, wow, now there's some, you know, blitzkrieg operation that can't be stopped. When you watch Dallas almost beat them and Dallas is missing a quarter of their starting lineup and Dak Prescott and whatever else, you don't exactly get all pumped up and think, man, we're watching history in the making. So I, I get that part. 
But that won't matter soon. Only the number will. Only the number in the W column and the number in the L column will matter. They'll start interviewing those old dolphins that went perfect in the early 70s. They'll start talking about whether they should be getting nervous about having that annual champagne celebration. They'll start comparing these Steelers teams to great teams from the past, and it doesn't matter how they win. It's just that they win, and it'll all become a very, very big deal. And even though reporters like me aren't in the locker room these days, obviously, we still get access to the players via these Zoom calls. And I can promise you that these Zoom calls are going to end up being about three-quarters invested into undefeated this, undefeated that, perfect record this, perfect record that. Even stuff about the Dolphins or comparing them to the, the Chuck Knoll Steelers and everything else. It's going to become a thing. It's possibly going to become the thing. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. But I honestly, speaking just for myself, I don't care. I I just, this is not something that's going to end up being a worthwhile investment of anyone's energy or imagination. It's just not. This team, the Steelers, regardless of their record, need to be focused on individual facets that make them a more complete, more consistent football team toward contention for another Lombardi. So when Mike Tomlin opens up his press conference, as he did on Tuesday, by pretty much putting everyone associated with the Steelers' running game on blast, that's on point. That's how you do it. The Steelers haven't been able to run the ball for quite a while now. That needs to be addressed. If they lose in Jacksonville, I'm not saying they will. If they lose in Jacksonville, but they run for 170 yards and they look like they've really figured out the running game, I will take it. Because that tells me that the Steelers will be closer to another Super Bowl championship. As awful as it'll come across, and, oh, we told you the Steelers were phony. Look, they lost to the Jaguars. Or, you know, even if it's the following week uh, to the Ravens or the week after that to Washington, that won't matter. What will matter is seeing a steady progression, one step after another, of different problems different weaknesses, different shortcomings being resolved. That's what championship teams do. They grow along the way. And it's not always pretty. And it's not always comfortable. And you don't always have people singing your praises as you go. This team is capable of winning a Super Bowl. That's not a prediction for me. That's me pointing to a team that does nothing but lose. But they can put themselves into so much better position 
to do that by focusing way, 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 way more on the methodology than on the outcomes. When we come back, changing it up a little bit. I got some hockey to talk about. Kind of, kind of. Hockey, as promised, well, I'm not here to promise that you'll have hockey. I'm just here to promise that I'll be able to talk about it. Uh, It's not looking great, and I've not been the sky is falling type throughout this pandemic, but the day after the city of Pittsburgh puts out a stay-at-home order, um, it's not exactly the most bubbly, upbeat feel around here about anything. This is going to take time. This is going to take patience and uh, all kinds of other stuff, some of which, unfortunately, in our society are in short supply. The games, by comparison, obviously are a really, really, really small deal, but those are what we come here to talk about. And I believe that the NFL, which is now more than halfway through the hardest part, which is the regular season with all the teams moving around and playing at their own stadiums and so forth, is going to find a way to get to the conference championships, do a bubble or mini-bubble, from that point onward until you get through the Super Bowl, and that'll be that. Our other winter sport I am not nearly as optimistic about. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who filed for workers' comp, who need help with medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. That's their thing. They've been keeping promises for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City. You can learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Larry Brooks of the New York Post has for many, many, many years been tight with the National Hockey League Players Association. Um, They've given him inside info for as long as I can remember. So when Larry reported earlier this week that the NHL is strongly considering going back to the union and asking for a second level of discounted or delayed salaries going into this coming season, understand that it's coming right from the union, meaning the information. 
which means it's accurate, which means we'll see if we have a season. Because the league and the union had a extraordinarily amicable labor negotiation, you'll remember, this past summer. Signed a five-year deal. Not a feather was ruffled. The players gave a concession already for the coming season, understanding that the owners weren't going to be making any money in the calendar year 2020. In fact, they're going to be losing significant dollars. And trying to help out in 2021, the players conceded to get paid a lot later, like a couple years later, 13% of their salaries. Now the NHL wants to maybe double that amount. And that's only part, part of the headache that's coming. The NHL also wants to have a shorter regular season. How short? The numbers have been bouncing all over the place depending on the report. I've seen as low as 48, as high as 70. I've seen nowhere that says 82. The players would like 82 because then they'd get full pay for full participation. That won't happen. The understanding is that the league would like to go with fewer games in the hope that it's understood that their salaries are prorated in this labor agreement, and the players don't necessarily see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I can't picture fans, at least not in any significant amount, being inside arenas on January 1, not in Pittsburgh, not anywhere. Even if the current restrictions that were put out yesterday in Pittsburgh and other cities across the U.S. and Canada are temporary and eventually get relaxed or even soon get relaxed, the most you'll see, certainly in our region, is about 1,000 or 2,000 people allowed into PPG Paints Arena. And I say that based on the fact that Pitt, for its basketball games at the Pete, was given a guideline of 1,250 people maximum inside the facility. And that includes participants, workers, and everything else. So when you're talking about fans, you're talking about three figures for sure. Something in the range of 900 whatever. So what would it be for hockey? You know, do some math there, and you're probably talking about 1,500 or 2,000 at the very, very most. They're letting 5,000 and change in at Heinz Field, which holds 68,000 and is outdoors, which gives it every advantage when it comes to this virus. Yeah. The NHL counts on fans and fan-related revenue, arena-related revenue, whether that's concessions, parking, suites, sponsorships, for nearly half of all the money that it brings in. In the NFL, it's not even 20%. The NFL makes a killing 
on national network money. The NHL does no such thing. And yet when you look at the players' salaries between the NFL and the NHL, they aren't all that different. They aren't all that different. I mean, there are no $40 million quarterbacks in the NHL, but the average salaries just aren't that different. The only thing that's different, the main thing that's different, is that the NFL has gobs and gobs of cash being thrown at it without having a single fan in the seats. I, I'm sorry. I know this isn't what anybody wants to hear. This is, this is, this is a bummer. I want to see hockey too. I want fans to see hockey. You know, I want to see a full and regular season. I never, ever, ever want to see a scene as weird and uncomfortable as the one in which the lightning raised the cup up in Edmonton in front of no humans. Uh, I mean, full marks to them for doing what they did in an extraordinary circumstance, but it's just, you know, yuck. We'll see. We'll see. I, I can hope, we can all hope uh, for the best. And I've tried to be optimistic on a lot of fronts as it relates to this coronavirus, but I can't say hockey is one of them right now. When we come back, switching gears to baseball. University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Welcome back. A little bit of baseball to close out today. John Paul Morosi of Fox Sports, a really good reporter. And I'm not just saying that because uh, I've been cool with the guy for a long time. Let everyone know yesterday that he'd gotten word that the Pirates are being asked by a lot of other teams about Stephen Brault. I'm glad he phrased it that way because there's always a difference between that and the Pirates are shopping Stephen Brault. Whichever the case might be, I'm here to tell you I'm 100% in favor of it. This portion of Daily Shot is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. In normal times, which these most definitely are not, one in seven people in our region don't know where their next meal is coming from. I don't know what the updated stat is during a pandemic, but I'm sure it's not better. The need for food is even greater now than it's arguably ever been in our collective lifetime. The food bank has a new website that's called growsharethrive.org. I'm going to give it to you again. It's growsharethrive.org. For every $10, 
For a limited time, there's a $5 match. If you've considered giving a gift to the food bank, this is the time in which you can make the biggest impact. Stephen Brault finished the Pirates' completely meaningless and lost season on a heck of a roll. He's had a heck of a roll before. He's actually had a better heck of a roll going back to the second half of 2019 when he had 11 really good starts in a row. I really, really like this kid. I'm not here to say anything bad about him. Uh, Fans have gotten to know him a little bit more than they do most players with his singing that he does, singing the own anthem. He's he's performed with uh, the Pittsburgh Symphony. He's got a tremendous personality. He's a real competitor. He, he's just not that guy. He's not that guy that you keep around to build uh, a young roster around. He's not old. I'm not knocking that aspect of it. And the 3.38 ERA that he ended up with looks like pure gold compared to the rest of the staff in 2020. But his fastball barely breaks a wet paper towel, and unless he is absolutely pinpointing it, he's not at all an effective pitcher, and he's got just as much chance of getting knocked out of there after an inning and a third as he does of pitching into the eighth or even the ninth. That's not hype. That's who he is. That's who he's been. Every time you think Brault's figured it out, he'll have one, two, three or those, and you'll wonder what it was that you were thinking while he was good. If other teams place value on Brault, and presumably, according to Morosi, they're doing that right now, this is absolutely the kind of move you want to see from Ben Charrington, provided it brings back prospects, provided it keeps doing things to build up the minor league system that so desperately needs it. This is what you do. So often when we talk about the Pirates making trades, we will focus on the, the, the bigger names. We'll focus on Josh Bell and what could they get for him and what could they get for that guy. What you want to do if you're Charrington, and I've been writing this all along and saying it all along, is sell guys at highest value. Right now, if he put Bell out there on the market, yeah, there'd be some teams that would pay a considerable amount for a guy who hit 37 bombs in his last full season. But not like what you would have gotten in that full season. Not like you would get if Bell were to bounce back even at the beginning of 2021 and have another one of those Willie Stargell-like months. This is how you do this, and this, this is why the Pirates' 2020 season was so disappointing. It wasn't their record. It was never about their record. It was always about the fact that all these individual assets, which should have either remained assets or been built up into better assets, regressed. Brault didn't, so Brault being on the market is a 
good thing. Ideally, Charrington will turn it into something that's an even better thing over time. Thanks so much for listening today, as always. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your bike, your computer, your window, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home, car, and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you own a firearm, it's your responsibility to store it safely when it's not in use. Choose a system that works for you. Cable locks, lock boxes, and gun safes are some of the most effective ways to protect your family and keep firearms secured. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure and find out how to get a free firearm safety kit. Visit projectchildsafe.org. That's projectchildsafe.org. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance.